Hey everyone, are you ready to be fired up? Because I sure am. Today I've got Patrick Franzi. He is a real estate investor, also the owner and CEO of the Investor Network, REIN in Canada. And he's an investor himself. He's also an educator and a coach, and he loves focusing on investment and growth and mindset. Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Welcome. I'm super excited to have you. Thank you for being here, Patrick. I'm happy to be here. Excited to have the conversation. Yes. Okay. So I, I love, I'm dealing with investors, especially like right now, people that specialize in this because, you know, there's some people that are looking for ways to have residual income. And there are some people who are looking for ways to kind of take, uh, to have like asset protection. So mm -hmm. I thought maybe, or like tax savings advantages and, and quite personally, I'm personally going to be, I'm, I'm invested and interested in that. So, um, can we first talk a little bit about like, tell me like what it is that you teach people, pretend like I don't know nothing at all. Where would you start with me? Oh, sure. You know, that's a great conversation, a great place to start. You know, so the Real Estate Investment Network is one of the businesses I own. It's been around 30 years. And in the context of real estate investing, you know, many years ago, when we took this kind of, uh, I guess, took this task on, it was about teaching real estate investors to invest in real estate, not speculate in real estate. So what's the difference? Well, we're talking about investing in real estate based on things like the economic fundamentals. What drives a real estate market? We look at it and say, okay, well, what is your plan? What is your strategy? What do you want real estate to do for you? You know, there's a common misconception. You've heard it often. And that is, oh, I just want 10 properties that cash flow $1,000 a month, and then I'll make $10,000, you know, passive income. And of course, anybody who invests in real estate realizes that is there's nothing true about that statement you know one is you know buy and hold cash flow real estate which i guess it it finances your real your uh, future whereas other strategies within real estate are generating income today a fix and a flip as an example fix and flip or a burst strategy something drives income today others other strategies drive income into the future now when we look at real estate investing we want to take the emotion out of it and that's what gets investors in trouble those speculators in trouble they get caught up in the hype of a market that's really raging or going hard because of a short-term blip in the market but they don't have the experience to get out at the right time either so they're driven by emotion rather than data and what i look at and what we teach investors is to treat your real estate investing like a business which means look at the data make decisions based on the economic fundamentals that drive real estate and as investors what are we trying to do we're trying to look into the future and say well where's real estate going not where it's been not even where it is today we want to know where it's going in the future because that's why we invest in real estate and what we know about real estate is the economic fundamentals gdp employment growth job growth immigration all drive real estate. And we have to understand that so we can make decisions based on the data. And I think that's really important, especially right now with what's happening in the market, like with the interest rates being so, so high, talk of a recession. I mean, 
Grant Cardone, who, who's like buys everything, is telling everyone this: don't spend any money, not even five hundred dollars, save everything. It's like so opposite of what he normally teaches. Mm -hmm. So, with somebody that is thinking about investing right now, like what? I, again, don't make any emotional decisions. Real estate in general historically has been shown to be a positive investment and to make money on your money, dollar for dollar. Even even when the market crashed, if people would have stayed tight and kept their investment, wow, they would have made so much more. But what would your advice be just to someone like right now who might be thinking about investing or who isn't, isn't even afraid not only to invest, but to enter the market even as a normal homeowner? So, you know, one of the things that happens in the US and Canada, we get these kind of overarching headlines. You know, what do, you know, and the thing about headlines is that they're always about, uh, they're bad news. They're talking about averages, you know, let's, I mean, US is worse than Canada. I mean, how often do you see the average price in the US for a home? Who cares? That's like, what's the average temperature in the United States? Well, okay. What city are you in? What state are you in? I mean, there's no such thing as an average yet. We all get hooked, if you will, into this average of everything, whether it's average employment, average uh, house prices, you know, it, like these averages mean nothing to us. So again, when we look at investors in the real estate, number one, we look at interest rates. Those are influencers. Interest rates aren't going to stay high forever. Yes. Could it be this way for the next two or three years? Could they bump? Could Powell go up a little bit more? Yeah, maybe, probably, who knows? It doesn't matter if you're buying real estate and you're considering number one, why are you buying it? Where are you buying it? Are you buying for cash flow? What's your exit strategy? So the thing about all of this is that what's happening in San Francisco versus what's happening in Houston, Texas is two totally different markets. So when somebody like Grant comes on and goes, get out or hold off, he's not even in the same conversation as the average investor, which is looking at buying a one or two single family properties, maybe a small multi. But the point is this, we have to look at the market and say, what is happening in this particular market? And then even within San Francisco's, there, there's micro uh, markets within that market. So understanding what's going on economically and what real estate is doing. You can't paint all of California with one brush saying, don't invest in real estate because all these micro markets really do matter. And there's, And I'm gonna say this, it doesn't matter what the real estate market is. It could matter less. What matters is the strategy that you're going to use in that given market. Let me give that's, you a quick example, Krista. Yes, yes, do please. Now that's a good. That's a that's a good point. Like number one, you have to think about what's happening locally in the market you're actually purchasing purchasing in, and what's the strategy that's behind the market that you're. It makes all the difference in the world. So, t give me an example. You know this as well as I do. I'll give you a couple of different examples. You know, how many people get into a hot market and then the next thing you know, they're all geniuses and they're doing fix and flip. I'm going to fix and flip and fix and flip. And well, okay, that works for those who know what they're doing and that works. But if you're not paying attention to what's happening economically, you start a fix and flip project that let's say is going to take you six months to complete. Well, in six months, if you're not paying attention to what's happening to the economic fundamentals, you've seen this happen hundreds of times. What's the story? I started this fix and flip. I, I had already done two. We were on our third. And the next thing you know, I can't get rid of this thing. And guess what? They don't have a plan B. They're plan A. And the only plan they have is I'm going to take it. I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to flip it. And they go into a market that guess what? Nobody's interested in that particular piece of real estate or nobody's interested in buying at that time. But that didn't just happen overnight. It didn't happen the day they decided to sell it. 
that started to happen six months before or eight months before they decided to deploy that strategy. So they went into the market cycle. There's always a real estate cycle. They went into that market cycle and they weren't paying attention. So they used a strategy called fix and flip, which wasn't going to ever work in that cycle. So that's one example. Another example. Another thing to think about too, is that if you even think about recently, right? I mean, the cost of lumber doubled or tripled. So if somebody was going to be buying a house, I know this personally happened to some friends of mine, they got a bid to buy a house and all of a sudden everything completely changed. And now all of a sudden everything's tripling. You can't get contractors because of the fires, like everything goes up. That could happen as well. So it's like you have you have to have a, a B plan. <laughs> well, we say have an A, B, and even a C plan. And if you're really smart, you have a D plan. Like you have to think these things through. And that's because we go back to what I said earlier, treat your real estate investing like a business. And if you're running a business, you're having risk mitigation conversations. You're thinking about the worst case scenarios. You're looking into the future and go, okay, well, what happens if this goes wrong? What happens if I can't exit when I say, okay, no problem. I'm going to turn it into a rental or I'm going to take a joint venture partner on together. We're going to take this property, get it refinanced perhaps, and put some tenants in that particular property. That will work until we are ready to sell. So that's a planning thing because you treat it like a business. People get emotional, they get on the bandwagon, and then they go forward. It's all easy. We're all geniuses because everything sells in a hot market. Everything moves in a hot market. And then when that market goes away, it doesn't. Really common in Canada. I'll use Toronto, probably the most common city in Canada that's well known. But I mean, it happens in different segments of the U.S. And that is people want to buy pre-built construction condos. So they buy early on. We know it's going to be two, three, four years before that condo is finished. They get in light. You know, they put in five, 10 grand into a pre-construction deal. Then they know they're going to ride it out. And then they're going to ride it out in this hot market. And the value of that piece of real estate is going to go up. And about year three, even the final year, they're going to assign that deal. They're going to sell that deal and take off a bunch of equity off the table. And they're going to look like, geniuses because everybody's doing it by the way every day i have a three-day unstoppable agent class where we go over this in great great detail teaching you how to be the top of mind expert in your area not utilizing old school techniques but new 21st century digital marketing domination techniques see you soon well if you're buying in 2021 2022 into the the height of any given market and then all of a sudden what happens interest rates start to go up at record pace and record heights and all of a sudden, all these deals that you thought you had, nobody wants them. You can't assign them. You can't unload them. And what's happening here in Canada, and I can't speak to specifically markets in the U.S. per se, what's happening is, is they're actually selling these deals for less than they're paid. they paid for them. And they're actually, because they're into their fourth year and it's getting ready to launch, uh, they're leaving $100,000, $200,000 on the table. And they're walking away from these deposits and all of the rest of the money that they put in. So that's an example of, not understanding the market cycle and using the wrong strategy in any given cycle. So what would the right strategy? So you said like A plan, B plan, C plan. What would that what would that look like? Well, you know, really right have no now, idea. I don't do a lot of investing. Well, in an investment in real estate, you know, you think about what are the gaps that get created. So if you have the knowledge, if you have some education, and this is also uh 
we can talk a little bit about realtors as well, but let's just talk about the investors that's in this particular mode of, I want to build and grow my asset base. So we look at what is the gap that we can fill. Now in Canada, not as familiar with it is we use the term rent to own or lease to own, same deal. And right now what is happening? People still want to own a home. They actually have good incomes. They could even have a very strong household income, but for some reason they don't qualify for a mortgage. And they don't qualify because they don't have the down payment. Maybe they got a bad credit history. And they say, well, I still want to be able to buy a home. They have to rent anyways. They've got to live somewhere. They've got a strong household income. Well, if you walk in with a rent-to-own strategy in a time like this because of high interest rates, uh, bank financing isn't as easy to get as it used to be. But if you're solid as an investor and you have joint venture partners or you have capital partners, at the end of the day, you can walk in, you can actually find individuals who are wanting to own a home, they're willing to pay you rent and a premium for that rent, and to be able to rent to eventually own. So they give you some money down, an option, and you they, they're buying an option to buy that property over the next two, three years and own that property. And they have the home that they want. And they are looking after it because it's their home and they want to respect it. And that's a really great in this particular market right now is a very strong strategy and it works. And by the way, it puts money in your jeans today. So then so, so somebody would buy a home uh, through an investor. The investor holds the note. They write gives some sort of a down payment that they that's non-refundable. Right. And how much typically is that? Well, I, I don't think there's a typical, I mean, you have to go in. I mean, I've seen as little as a few thousand dollars to somebody who says, no, uh, if you want in on this particular deal, it depends somewhat on the value of the property, but it's, let's say it's $25,000 for the option today. And then you can say, if you want to maintain it, then there's a another payment of 25,000. So the point is, is that you want to also make it worth your while. You want to limit the risk. So the more money they have in the game, the less risk there is involved. And so when you, I've seen guys get as much as 150 or 200,000 as an option payment. Again, you're not looking for somebody who can't afford it. You're looking for somebody who can't get into a home because of, they don't qualify for a mortgage. They need some time to repair credit history, you know, people go through a divorce and the next thing you know, it gets messy and somebody forgot to pay the bill or didn't pay the bill. And there's always a little bit of drama. So they need to create, create or clean up a credit history. I had a rent to own that the individual went through a bad divorce. He was making $450,000 a year income. He wanted a house for his three children after, because they went through the divorce. And when the kids were with him, he wanted them to be comfortable in the home. He couldn't qualify for a mortgage in spite of how much money he made as an income. We did a deal with him, a rent to own deal. He bought that deal in three years. We both walked away very, very happy. Uh, we made money. He got the house that he wanted and looked after his children. There's always that opportunity in these kinds of markets. And then they're paying you in, they're paying you the mortgage payment plus interest. So you're getting mortgage payment plus interest plus the original down payment so it makes sense for an investor so they're giving you an option to to the, it's an option to buy that property okay it's a lease to own it's a lease option right so they give you the money for the option to buy that property in two three years whatever you lay it out they are paying you a premium for rent and then a portion of that rent because it's a premium goes to a 
to the future uh, down payment or payment on that house. So you may, let's say you pay, you're charging $2,000 for rent. That covers all of your costs, by the way. It has to cover all of your costs, your mortgage payment, taxes. Um, you don't usually have to do maintenance or utilities because they're living in it, but you're making sure that your insurance, your taxes, your mortgage payments all covered in your rental uh, portion. And then they pay a premium on top of that, which you will apply later towards the down payment on the house. And again, I'm just, I'm, I might sound completely ignorant here, but pretend a lot of us are. Um, so then, I mean, it would have to make a really, I would need to be making more money either in the beginning uh, as the option or a significant amount of interest like throughout the time or otherwise, why would I hold all my money up, right? I mean, it has to really make sense for an investor, so. Well, you're not, yes, but keep in mind is that, you're bringing the property to the table, your finance, you're using the bank's money. They paid you an option payment. You're getting your money out of the deal when they go to the bank and refinance that particular, they have to finance that particular property. So all you're doing is you're getting that option payment up front to your point. You're getting a premium of rent and you are uh, getting that property looked after and that the value over that course of that two or three years, you want it to increase, right? And then you're going in for the equity play as well. Oh, so when you sell it, you're selling it at current market value. You're not selling yes. it at the price before. Okay. And yes, and you either pre-negotiate it. Some, if you're, some will say, okay, we're going to do current market value at the time. And so that's where the tenant buyer looks at it and goes, okay, I have to make a decision. Do I think real estate's going to go up, or do I think it's going to stay the same, or do I think it's going to come down? So you you either do a pre-negotiated price, and or to your point, you say. I will buy it for appraised value in three years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt, yeah. I mean, I guess it's risky either way, but I wouldn't want to hold all my money up and just for unless it was a darn good premium in the beginning that I'm going to be getting, right? Initial nope. upfront payment. Like I don't nope. want a $500,000 property unless I'm getting like 50, 60 rand up front, unless I, you know what I mean? Totally. And the thing that gets in the way of investors is they don't believe those scenarios happen. I see them happen every week. And because people want to own a home, there is a emotional connection to owning a home. So if they're stuck, I can't get financing. I need this home for whatever reason they want it. They all, we all have stories about what we feel grounded in our home and people are driven to do a rent to own deal. And uh, I've got members of our community within the Real Estate Investment Network. It is their number one strategy and they're making and have made millions over the years over that strat with that strategy. Oh, got it. Okay, great, great. Okay, so that's that's one strategy. I'm learning some things. I'm glad, you know, I, I've learned about this before. Just, I'm not in this world. I was in the, you know, I sold real estate as a residential agent. And mm -hmm. so, it, and now of course I'm coaching agents, but um, this isn't something that I teach them, but I think it's important to, Educate there's, people on, including agents. Well, there's a, you know, it's interesting. I just, I've done a good number of keynotes over the past, gosh, couple of months, but I just did one uh, recently to a couple hundred realtors who are retail uh, realtors. In other words, end user realtors, normal, they don't deal with investors. And I said, why don't you deal with investors? You know, you can buy, you know, you can go do buy, sell a home for a retail client. And you may not see them again for 10 years, five years, three years. You may never see them ever. When I'm working with investors and because of I look at our community, the investors I own, I know, even myself, we own multiple pieces of real estate. And what are we looking for often? 
So first off, I ask the question to realtors, why don't you do that? Uh, investors are such a pain in the butt. You know, they're so complicated. There's always something here and something there and they don't know what they want. Got it. That's because you're working with speculators, not investors. When you work and work with in, in educated investors who understand the system, the process, do you know what they're looking for? They're actually looking for investor focused realtors who understand what an investor needs, what ROI is, what a pro forma is, what is it, you know, we're not buying a home, we're buying a piece of real estate that somebody else will make their home. So Mr. Realtor, you work with me and I'll buy two, three, five deals this year. If we have a 10 year relationship and I wanna grow my portfolio to 20 doors, gosh, you know, I want you to get all that commission because I want somebody who looks after me. I don't want to waste my time looking for deals that make no sense. And if yeah. I'm working with a, if I'm working with a realtor who doesn't understand real estate investment, guess what they're going to bring me? A bunch of junk that doesn't make sense. Not that it's junk, it just doesn't make sense mathematically. To your point, you need an ROI. And it doesn't have to necessarily be like, oh, you're getting this property for undervalue. I mean, that's I don't think nope. that, that's probably not it at all. That's why it's important that that both parties understand and it wouldn't be hard at all. It'd actually be easier for an agent to have multiple investors that they work with. Yeah, I think a realtor, uh, smart realtors in this time right now have to kind of flip the switch and go, I can either be transactional or I can be relational. Transactional is in the retail environment where you're selling to an end user. Yes, you got relationship through that period of time. When you keep relationship over years, you start to really understand. All of a sudden, a deal walks up. You got a, a real motivated uh, vendor. And they say, I got to get rid of this property. You go, hold on. You know something? This fits perfect with Patrick. Let me phone my buddy. He's an investor. He may be like, I think this is right up his alley, right? Next thing you know, you get a phone call, right? So those are the relationships that a good realtor creates. Not with, you know, like literally with a number of investors and understanding their strategy so that you know when you're out there what they're looking for, man, you can turn a lot of deals. Mm, I like it. I think people do need to be like flexible right now and sort of adjust their way of thinking in the real estate industry and realize there are other ways of doing things. And and probably now is one of the best times to do so because of the way the, the market climate is. They're actually giving their, their buyers and their sellers more opportunities that therefore that wouldn't exist, right? So it's just a matter of educating the public, educating like sellers, buyers, real estate agents. Well, let me, you know, you know this and I like, again, I don't know what it's like in your market and we're talking to a very national audience. But, you know, think about this, is that right now, given interest rates, given the uncertain market and what's going on in some businesses and some industry, we're seeing distressed sales start to show up. Okay. Now, if I'm an investor right now, rent-to-own was one particular strategy. But one of the things that I'll be looking for is distressed sales where I can wholesale deals. Now, if I have a buyer's list of other investors, because there's a lot of capital right now sitting on the sidelines by investors who are just waiting for opportunities, patient money that knows through these times, while everybody else is running for the hills, getting out of real estate because the whole world's going to crash, there's going to be a real estate bubble, the sophisticated, educated, understanding investors are just quietly sitting on the sidelines They've got capital and they're just saying, where can I place it? Now, if I'm a realtor and I'm seeing a distressed sale, but I've got a list of investors that are interested in wholesaling. In other words, let me buy that deal. Okay. Let me buy it 
And if I can get it, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to grind. I'm going to get it light, as light as I can possibly get it. But I got capital that I want to put to work. Well, guess what? The next thing you know, you're wholesaling deals because then they've got a buyer at their end. And all that wholesaler is, is in the middle. If you got a great realtor who believes, you know, who actually most realtors believe that wholesalers, they can't make any money. Listen, they can. And a smart realtor goes, I know a wholesaler. I'm going to bring him the deal. And then I'm going to sell the deal on his behalf. And that's the key. So you get both ends of that deal as a realtor. That is a really, really great market right now as well. Now, it's getting are they, stronger. Are they negotiating with the banks directly or with the homeowner? The best way to do it in Canada is with the homeowner. Banking system is totally different in Canada than the U.S. Yeah. But always, if you can get in before the bank and solve a problem, this is the key. If a realtor understands the concept of solving problems, and that doesn't mean taking advantage of a poor vendor. It means going in, looking at the problem, being a deal engineer, and creating an opportunity to take over the problem for that vendor. They just want to get from under it. You know, if you're not an investor and you got pressure on you and you're just a working individual who's got a family and you got this oh my gosh i can't afford these payments i can't afford this house my world's you know crashing i'm about to get laid off you have a stress problem if i come in as an investor and i say let me see how i can fix this problem for you okay as an investor and often that's where the best deals are made but and this is what i know a lot of agents are thinking why wouldn't, if, if the houses are selling and you can still sell the home, why wouldn't they just put the house on the open market? Now, I know some people don't like to look to their house. They're, they're hoarders. They don't want to disrupt their families or their kids or they work late. But what, what would be, in most cases, instead of selling to an investor or a wholesaler, you can just put it on the market? Yeah, and that's a good point. If, if the market is such that it's going to sell on a listing. You know, yeah. you put it into a public listing, you're assuming that there's going to be buyers out there. Yeah. And if you, that's a lot different than knowing, oh, based on my, my clientele, based on my investor clientele, I'll sell this unit tomorrow. Got it. Got it. Okay. I right? like it. This has been great. This has been good information. I'm like, I'm seriously asking you as, as somebody who's learning. And I think that that's more people than not in this kind of a, a, you know, of an arena. And so we do yep. have a lot of, a lot of regular listeners, a lot of real estate agents here, a lot of lenders that, that I think this could benefit from. And Krista, I want to, I want to just stress this. I'm not talking about theory here. You know, yes. we've been teaching these strategies and we've been working with investors for 30 years, like literally 800,000 investors have been through our system over the past 30 years. So I'm seeing this happen. Well, I, I won't say every day because I'm not in the trenches every day, but I'm dealing with our clients, our, our, our members within our real estate investment network community. They're doing these deals all of the time. And it's, it sometimes makes me a little envious, to be honest with you, because some of them are just crushing it in terms of what they're doing for deals. It's like, wow, good for you. So do me a favor. If people want to learn more about, you know, you, because are you associated with the W-R-E-I-N or are they two separate? The Women's Real Estate Investor Network? No, I'm not. That's that's a good friend of mine. Uh, and, Teresa? Yeah, and Liza. And so we know those guys really well. So the point is, is that... Um, I'm not associated with them other than they're good friends. So gotcha. um, the, I, I think I'm, geez, I, I want to say I'm doing a, I, 
I think I might be doing a speaking gig with them, but that's a totally a, a total aside. So, you know, where if you want to learn a lot about me, you can go to I, I do the Everyday Millionaire podcast. You can go to Real Estate Investing in Canada and don't be intimidated. There's a couple of things within the education that we provide that actually, although we call it the Real Estate Investing Network and Real Estate Investing in Canada, the strategies, the systems really and especially around the economic fundamentals and understanding the economic fundamentals it works in any first world country you know the economic fundamentals drive real estate doesn't matter where you live in any first world country okay so one more time do you, tell me again patrick where can they go to find you exactly because i want to make sure they're very clear where they can go to learn more about the, these kind of strategies and to educate okay <laughs> so i'll give you a couple of different places real estate investing in canada.com Rain Canada, R-E-I-N Canada.com is really our hometown. If you want to learn a little bit more about me and what I do, you go to the everydaymillionaire.ca. You can follow me on LinkedIn as Patrick Franci or in Twitter if you want to know my political views on P. Francie. So that, that, that's what I want to make sure. I want to make sure they knew exactly where to where to where to yeah. where to follow you from. Yeah. And is there anything, Patrick, you wanted to offer or just basically let them know where they can find more? I'm going to give you a link, but uh, that you can put in whatever description you have. And we have a literally world class. We just updated a video program that teaches real estate investing in Canada, the 15 steps. Again, it's real estate investing in Canada, but much of what we teach applies to anywhere in the world. Uh, there's a 50%, I talked to my team, and there's a 50% off on that particular product if anybody might be interested in it. And it's literally world-class, it's 15 steps. I'm part of the presenters and one of my uh, team is on there with me and uh, it's very, very good. Okay, so we will put that into the show notes so you can learn more at a 50% discount. I think right now it's awesome to offer that kind of uh, that kind of thing and have that kind of information so you can set yourself up for success and offer the most value to both buyers and sellers who probably right now just need a little bit of extra help. And the more we can educate ourselves, the, the better. Okay, Patrick, I always end every single podcast the same. If there's one piece of advice, both business, personal, anything you want, what would you say to our listeners who are listening here at Fired Up? You know, for those of you who are in the world of investing in real estate, I would encourage you to not get caught in the chaos, the confusion, and all of the, I guess, data doom and gloom. Actually, it's not data. These are headlines. So go back to the fundamentals of what drive real estate. Look at the data. Make data-driven decisions, not emotional decisions. And you will find that right now, there are great opportunities and that this doesn't mean throw money up against the wall because it will stick. This is not the time to throw money up against the wall. This is the time to quietly and very thoughtfully go in and take advantage of the opportunities that are right in front of us. Ooh, I love that data driven decisions. We actually run our company by that. Like we don't make any decisions until we have the numbers to back it. Like no emotions. Like what does the numbers tell us? What the, what does the data tell us? Patrick. Yeah. And Krista, I want to add, just because you said that, I want to add one thing that you can add in your own narrative. And that is this clarity equals velocity. Data translates to clarity. When you take the emotion out of it, when you rely on data, you have the clarity. That's what drives velocity. And that's where the opportunities live is when you can move and make decisions based on that data, you'll win the day. Ah, oh, it's so, so true. I, I, we've had to learn the hard way sometimes. Like, don't just wait. We can't just make a decision. We have to say what the numbers say. 
So Patrick, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and everyone. I hope you enjoyed Patrick just as much as I did and you are just as fired up as me. But remember, information alone is not power. Neither is knowledge unless you implement it. So go and click on that link to get access and check out his, his course at 50% off. Patrick, thank you and bye everybody. Thanks, Krista. By the way, every day I have a three-day Unstoppable Agent class where we go over this in great, great detail, teaching you how to be the top-of-mind expert in your area, not utilizing old-school techniques, but new 21st-century digital marketing domination techniques. See you soon.